the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our current service times are 9.30 and 11.30 Sunday mornings. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. Hey, welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, Baron Wiley here. Is it uh, Casual Tuesday, Pastor Sean? Well, for you and me, it is. <laughs> That's a great we, thing. <laughs> we're both traveling today and came into work from, I drove in from Houston, you flew in from Chicago. I know. I started in Wisconsin at 3 a.m. Wow. Three-hour drive to Chicago, flew, and here we are. There you go. But we care. We have to do the show. Uh, no, that's right. We're here for you. We're if, to, You, our listener, God bless you. Well, there is a purpose today. we got a very special guest today, Pastor Sean. Yeah, Mike Shero with the C12 Group. Uh, a really good interview. Mm-hmm. I got to sit down and talk with Mike. Uh, C12 is a national organization, international actually, 38 states across the country, headquartered right here in San Antonio, and you'll find out why when you listen to the interview. That's awesome, Pastor Sean. Welcome home. Uh, and the place was still standing after vacation Bible school. Oh, we had an awesome week. I, I Really. It was the biggest one. We had 530-some kids were a part of the VBS, over 300 leaders, Mm. volunteers who kind of did this amazing week, presented the gospel, shared the word of God, just loved on these kids in Jesus' name. We had over 130 kids profess faith in Christ. Wow. That's just powerful. And obviously we understand some kids understand more than others, uh, but they all were responding to what they heard about Jesus, what they heard about the love of God. And for us, we believe this can make an eternal difference in that child's life, but also in their family. In their immediate family now, we love to minister to their parents and connect with their family. But also, those kids are going to grow up and have families. Mm. And we believe we can change entire family destinies with a ministry like this. So, again, big events are fun, and we do some of those. But our goal is always to connect people first to Jesus, but then into community with one another where discipleship happens. And when you say that, it's not only these kids grow up and have their own families. You're also developing leaders here, not just in Vacation Bible School, but with Believers Academy as well. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everything we do. Uh, Of course, River City Believers Academy is our pre-K through 12th grade Mm -hmm. uh, Christian school. And we see so many great things God's doing through that. But, of course, we have our next-gen ministries with River City. The the leaders, all over the leadership, there's 300 and some odd leaders. Mm -hmm. Many of them were young people who went through VBS here. Uh, years ago and have grown up and are now leaders here at River City and are ministering to kids and others through that through that work. Well, that kind of leads us into that leadership theme again here as we're about to talk to Mike Sherrill. Yeah, we had a great conversation. I'm looking forward to hearing from Mike. I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, joinc12.com is where you can find out more. But uh, listen to this conversation with Mike uh, Sherrill of C12. You won't be disappointed. Well, as you heard, our guest is Mike Sherrill. Mike, thank you for being with us. Sean, good to be back with you. You were just, we were talking a little bit beforehand. When was the last time we talked? I think it's been like seven or eight years, but COVID takes off half of that, right? Yeah, that doesn't count. Nothing that happened during COVID matters anymore. It doesn't count, okay? You are are the president of C12, but I met you when you were pastor. You were at uh, Grace Point Church, Mm -hmm. and you were kind of the guy who headed up their uh, leadership summit, which was a global leadership summit group. And you, isn't that what you did? I mean, you had another role with the church, but that was one of the ways you engaged with churches, right? Yeah, I moved to Texas 17 years ago, and I was working for uh, the Walgreen Company, you know, not selling drugs, but making money off those who do. And um, beautiful. I was playing a racquetball with a pastor who asked me, he's like, hey, you moved to San Antonio. What do you like to do? And I said, you know, one of my passions is gospel city movements and getting pastors all work together and grow together. And he looked at me and he went, that's like herding cats. Why would you want to do that? And I said, well, I, I think it matters. And he went, well, uh, hey, what if you took on Global Leadership Summit? That'll give you an excuse to meet with everyone in town. And so before I even went on staff at church uh, for a few years as a pastor, that was actually the first kind of high capacity volunteer thing I did was doing that to try to help work on city leadership together. Well, you were natural with that. You really did. You made, you connected people and that was it because pastors are, we all have very relationally intensive lives. So our schedules are pretty busy and we're all kind of in our own thing, doing our own thing. So getting pastors to kind of look up and go, oh yeah, that'd be cool. Let's do that together is a big big job, but you were outstanding at that. That's why when I heard that you were kind of beginning with C12 and, you know, I didn't really know a lot about it, but when I heard about it, I thought, wow, Mike's going to do really, really well with that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about C12 and kind of how you made that leap and and what it really is for those who may not know. Yeah, it's, it's, I never heard of it till it came to town and I I joined it. So I, I actually joined it as a member 13 years ago and then got involved in different ways. So I'll explain, but at the end of the day, C12 stands, it was originally called the Christian 12 group. It was started in Florida in the early nineties. It's this idea of getting Christian business owners, CEOs, presidents, even large nonprofit leaders to go, how do you, how do you run a great organization? We'd say build a great business. But how do you do it with an eternal perspective, like living out God's greater purpose in the midst of that? And we do that by basically, I say I run a professional small group ministry. We basically create these small <laughs> right. groups of CEO peers who meet for seven hours at a time once a month with a professional facilitator to wrestle through the, the questions of how do you build a great, how do you navigate all the challenges of business, build a great one and change the world through it. So that's the kind of what it is. We got groups in, I think, 150 U.S. cities and around the world now and other continents. And I lead now the parent company, which essentially creates all the content and the paradigms. And then we train about 175 full-time coaches. We call them chairs who lead all those groups around the world. So that's that's the weird businesses. When I got involved, you know, you said when you heard I was getting involved in this thing, None. my whole career is one of nothing on my radar. 
Like nothing, <laughs> I've always had 10 year plans and I've never accomplished them. I've always done something different. So <laughs> I, uh, I think God likes planning because it's a good spiritual discipline as long as you hold them loosely yeah. to his leading. Agreed. Yep. Because uh, I've had great plans that I'm not walking out right now. But when C12 came down, I first got exposed to it. Someone said, man, Mike, you love Jesus. You love business. You're this leadership guy. Um, you've been in the business world. You've been in the church world. This is kind of a fusion of both. You should check it out. And I had no idea what kind of a mess it was going to make of me because he was he was right and that yeah. was 13 years ago. Now, you started as a member. Okay, so you were in one of these C12 coaching groups. Okay, what's that like? What, what happens? So if someone says, hey, I want to get involved, and they do, they go through the process, and they become part of mm-hmm. one of these. What's that like? What's a person going to experience? Yeah, so our forums are these uh, high-caliber professional. Uh, it's a seven-hour meeting where you're going to have um, accountability, time checking on what's the condition of your life and leadership, about two and a half hours of MBA-level uh, training and education around how do you run a business, everything from finance to marketing, to hiring, to sales and strategy emphasis on how to do ministry and eternal impact through your business. Right. Um, you're going to have accountability and have people diving in to actually look at your business and provide really insightful feedback into what you could do or should do a safe forum where you get to be totally transparent. Like many of us have got boards and have had maybe investors or boards of directors or elder boards, this is the one place where it's like a board, but no one's got any power to fire you or approve your budget. Right. So you can go and be like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I'm overwhelmed or, Hey, I got this awesome idea. And you know, cause I think all my ideas are awesome. <laughs> and this group of peers can go, Hey, Simmer, cool your jets. That's a horrible idea. You're going to wreck <laughs> yourself or hey, have you thought about, but there's no conflict of interest. Right. No one's there right. to fire me or, or moving on. They really are just fighting for my best interest. And then, you set goals and accountability of, okay, you know what I've learned today. I've heard today. Next month, I'm going to go have that tough conversation. I'm going to implement that process. And you're actually held accountable to do that. And so, as you know, it's pretty hard to get a senior pastor, a CEO, an entrepreneur, anybody who's got ADD and socially, relationally oversubscribed to do a two-hour meeting, let alone a seven-hour meeting. Yeah. I'm still a member. I drive to Austin, Texas and go and people show up 30 minutes early and they stay 30 minutes late mm. because like it, it's actually doing something. It's, it's life giving. I can just imagine people listening to this right now. And if you're, if they're a business owner or a leader in some capacity like that, there's something very attractive about that. A group of people who just care about one another and are helping each other, not just grow in our business acumen, but which of course we are, but also our character development, our life, our family, kind of the whole balance. Yep. That That's an amazing, amazing process that people sign on for. So you're all about real life. And like you're, as long as I've known you in San Antonio, like you're passionate about the messiness of totally following Jesus and all the ups and downs of that. When I first became a member of C12 group, I got annoyed, honestly, because I also, when I was on staff at my church, I led our small group ministry and did some other things. I thought I was a pretty darn good small group leader. I think I'm fairly good at discipleship. And I sat at these tables and I was watching people transform more rapidly than I ever saw happen in the groups I led. Mm. And I was like, what the heck? Like, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Like why, what's going on? And what I realized is we're so good at living compartmentalized lives. Right. And rarely do we have a spot where someone's like, Hey, I see how you're doing at work. I see your finances. I see your marriage. I see your Christ walk. I see your physical health or lack there. I see all these sides of you. I get all those sides of you. Cause I got the same weight in my life. I got yeah. the same issues. 
I have the permission to speak harsh truth in love to you and create that disequilibrium. I think Jesus was so masterful at asking that question that kind of unraveled somebody. And we so oftentimes have environments where that's able to happen. And when we are, it was can't not grow. Like you just, you grow. Yeah. And I love what you just said. Can't not. In other words, really, you put yourself in an environment like that, a fellowship environment where it's Christ centered, but you're going to be honest. We're going to be real. And you're right. Growth just happens. It's like a greenhouse. You give each other grace. You speak the truth in love and growth just happens. Now you've grown through this. You, you started out as a, a member, then you became a local yeah. leader. What was the process yeah. like of going to that national leadership? Again, it was not on my plan. Like, so I'm a member, my chair. So we have these full-time leaders we call chairs. My chair called me and was like, hey, have you ever thought about becoming a chair with me? I was like, nope. He's like, would you like to explore it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> and then he goes, you know, the t- Christian thing, would you pray about it? I'm like, I can. How can I say no to that? Hmm? <laughs> yeah. So I prayed and I couldn't say no. So I went through a process where I ended up saying yes and joining him and then became his successor and took over leading the local area. And when the parent company was based in North Carolina at the time was going through a succession process, they were on their second CEO in their history. I applied. Now I knew I was the youngest, least qualified, lowest pedigree candidate they probably have in the country, but I'd I'd be, they'd at least entertain an interview with me to appreciate what I'd done. So I wrote like this manifesto of 19 things that I wanted to challenge the organization with to to change and like the board director first did the interview. He's like, are you trying to not get hired? This still isn't really written like someone who wants to get the job. And I was like, no, I got a great job back in San Antonio. I just wanted to challenge you guys to think about these things. And that kind of kept leading to the next and next things. And we suddenly found ourselves going with my wife at a board meeting going, I think God's calling us to step into this. And mm. yeah, I major kudos to the board who had to make the decision because I've seen the candidate pool of people. I was like, I really was the least qualified person to be picked. Yeah. Um, but just knew beyond we knew God was calling us to do this. Oh, I love that. And that's such a key piece, understanding the difference between, hey, this would be a neat opportunity and you no, know, God is leading us in something. I still remember saying in the kitchen with my wife, We've made three giant leaps in our life around careers or moves. And the ones that God has led have typically not made sense until you got there. Like in retrospect, you're like, oh, I see what he's doing. But walking into it, it just made a little, it wasn't stupid, but it was almost stupid kind of stuff. And when we were weighing some decisions, she looked at me and she said, I would rather go bankrupt in the middle of God's will with you than to compromise out of fear or security. And if we know God's calling us to do this, then like we have to, it's going to have to. I'm That's awesome. My wife who pushed me that way. I didn't even realize that this was going to be a romance show as well, but way to go on your oh. wife, man. She's, <laughs> she's awesome. That was great. Okay. So we're listening. Someone's listening here and yeah. maybe that they're not, maybe they don't have the opportunity to see 12 right now yeah. or yeah. something like that. But, but they, it's like some, learning in that capacity, growing in their whole life kind of perspective and maybe even seeing their business as an opportunity to follow Jesus more closely and to grow in that way. What would you say to them? How would you, what what first steps would you kind of offer them? So if I was, if I could back the bus up to like 2003, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sitting in Chicago working for a big corporation. I've been actually got licensed to be a pastor when I was in high school and was like a Doogie Howser of church stuff as a, at a young age. And so I was in love with Jesus and all I wanted to do was make disciples and be about his kingdom. Um, I found myself poor, needing a job and uh, liking paying for rent, 
getting into business and I found I liked business. I was good at business, but it really created this tension for me. I'd be like, man, I'm spending my weekends and evenings doing ministry stuff and I'm spending a day making money at a corporation. And I felt like I was two people, not inconsistent. Like I had a Jesus testimony at work. I was a Christian at work, but the Holy Spirit met me at my desk one night in Chicago when I was complaining and frankly asking God to get me out of my work. If he could replace my income working for a church or a nonprofit, like, please sign me up. I remember pulling a piece of paper and going like, I'm made for more than this. It was really like, what are you made for? As I wrote all the things that we know we're called to do and be an identity wise of being a bachelor for Christ, be a disciple, making disciple, be a minister of the gospel to lead people to reconciliation. I just started listing all these mm-hmm. things. And then when I got done, I thought we were like, yep. Why aren't you doing that? And I was like, well, I mean, I am on you know Wednesday night and Sunday and Tuesday. And he's like, oh, does a logo on your shirt determine your identity or does right. your identity transform and inform your logo? And mm. I was allowing my vocation to conform my identity rather than letting my right. identity wildly change my vocation. And once I realized that, I was like, well, that doesn't look right. But I don't know how the heck to do that now. Like, how do I re- how do I invert that? And we're like, okay, God, I don't know how to be those things as an entry-level employee at a big company. Right. And when I said that, I didn't feel like condemnation from God. I literally felt like a father put his arm around me and say, how about you start asking me that question? Mm. How, instead of how to get you out of here? Because if you can't be who I've made you to be here, a change of scenery won't fix it. Mm. And that's what kind of launched me down this path of beginning to view my workplace, whether I liked my job or not. I've had 19 jobs and I only really liked two or three of them. Um, <laughs> but looking at my job, going at the end of the day, every job is a job full of people right. and a chance to get to live out mandates and commissions of the Bible. And, and if I view that as my ministry field and I view myself as a minister, then whether I run an accounting company, a plumbing company or a church, I'm called to be faithful to the to the kingdom of God. Yeah. And that was kind of a total game changer for me that I would say, man, if you're a cashier at HEB or you have management and executive responsibilities, right. all that does is change your accountability. Yeah. But um, beginning to view your work as worship and realizing that God cares about what we do, how we do it and why we do it. You don't got to join C12 to get that. Mm. We just happen to help a very select group of people with the specifics of that. Yeah. But, um, I'm here because of that journey 20 years ago. And that, that makes from, for the disciple, that makes such perfect sense. Seeing my, my work as worship, you know, I, I think a whole lot of Christians are exactly where you were. It's like, well, Monday through Friday, he, here's what I'm doing. And I love mm-hmm. doing ministry. I love discipling, building the kingdom, but I only have this little bit of time on the weekend and a few evenings, three hours here an hour there. Exactly. And understanding women, I'm surrounded by people all the time. God's here. God's not limited. He's omnipresent. He's he's in my heart. He's in this room. And understanding how to leverage your just your life to be a vessel for the king. That's awesome. That is awesome, Mike. To the person who's in a job that they go, okay, I hate this job. Okay. <laughs> you, you said you've had a bunch of jobs. You've probably loved to. I hope this is one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most days. Okay, good, 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 good to know. Yeah. How many um, days do you love your job? <laughs> every day. <laughs> right, Baron? Yeah, no, there's some days I don't, but most I do. Uh, but yeah, to, to that person, just, I mean, I think there's a lot of people listening who maybe they go, man, I want a job that I can express 
real purpose in, but mm-hmm. this is where I think I am, but I don't love it. What would you say? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we get to separate vocation and what it should be when you grow up kind of questions from, Hey, at the end of the day, you can have a job yet, provide your family. And sometimes you're you, even Paul, when he was shipwrecked at times, I doubt he was like, man, this is where I want to be a jail cell. This is exactly <laughs> I love what this I job. <laughs> yeah. This is awesome. Um, I think I found such comfort from going back and reading the Bible and seeing spots where God says things like, I see you and I see your work. Right. And um, you, you and I both know Colossians where it says, Hey, we're supposed to do everything, whether you're the slave you're the master you're the husband or the wife, like right. even if no one sees it, you're supposed to be doing it as though Jesus is there. And I'd argue he actually is. Right. And so I think there's two things that also make it a discipleship. I, I think uh, business is a dojo of discipleship because oh, that's good i like that you. you have to wrestle with it kind of like wax on wax out like daniel's like all i've had to do is sanding decks and painting fences and i want to learn karate and he's like well you've actually been learning you've actually been learning yep. more than you realize and if i go to a job i don't like and i go okay i'm just as called by god to love my neighbor as myself to love god with my heart soul mind and strength like i had a, a pastor who challenged me to 40 days Put a put a card in my pocket that had the Shema, that had the prayer, you know, right. love the Lord God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love your neighbors, yourself, and to go to every call, Zoom meeting, in-person meeting, asking, who's my neighbor in this meeting? What does it mean to love them? And how do I love you with my heart, mind, soul, and strength in this meeting, working on this legal contract, working on this IT issue, working on this customer dispute? And when I leave it, realizing okay, did I love God or not? Like mm. that's actually a dojo being working out. How do I love yeah. God in that? And um, if I get a job I hate, and I've had a number of them, not hate strong <laughs> job, I would be happy to leave. Right. Um, I still have a question to go, how do I do excellence toward God? Even if no one else appreciates it, God would say, I saw your work. That was good. Mm. How do I champion truth and goodness and be an agent fighting against evil or abuse or corruption? How do I model the gospel? How do I demonstrate the gospel? How do I speak the gospel? Like, frankly, every job gives you equal opportunities to do that. Yep. Mm. And even if you're only there for six months or maybe there for six years, um, God says that we'll be rewarded for what was done in Christ for Christ. And I think there's going to be jobs that were not our favorite jobs. He's going to be like, yeah, but you know what? I saw how you were in that. And here's the other part that's really humbling when, when I began to actually view my work as ministry, I realized I'm actually not as good a Christian as I think I am. Because mm. it's easy to teach at a Sunday school class or youth group and to like know the Bible answers and Bible verses. But I would argue the way you are handling, you know, uh, a lawsuit on Thursday, an IT meltdown on Tuesday, when you're dealing with an irate customer on Wednesday, like your actual theology is then manifest. Yeah. Oh, that's like good. What you actually believe is played out there. And so it, 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 it creates this discipleship journey that is really what God cares about anyway, like build good stuff, but know me. Yeah. Excellent word. Uh, how can people find out more about you, more about C12? Where can we find you? Yeah, you can go to uh, joinc12.com and you'll find all sorts of like articles and eBooks and videos. You can, if you want to know what people like this sound like, you can go to our YouTube channel, look for C12 and get all sorts of videos of people living this out. Um, search on the social channels. We try, we try to give away a lot of stuff in terms of, Hey, here's what it looks like. Here's some tools run with this or find out if a group makes sense. 
Well, this has been great. Our guest is Mike Sherrill with C12. Mike, thank you so much for being with us. We are very grateful for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. God bless. Sean, I think you just said it. The big takeaway from there. Well, what was it? Well, it, it was where he talked about, and again, you, if you look at it from a New Testament, he's talking about the Shema, the, the passage of Scripture, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one, love Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Jesus then said the second commandment is similar. You know, when Jesus was quoting that, he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And he said he had a card that he took that into meetings and just, you know, Lord, how do I do this? You know, how, how do I love my neighbor in this, you know, contract dispute? or this customer complaint, or this IT problem. I love that because that's as real as it gets. And I also related to what he said about how I think sometimes you see more of your discipleship in that type of stuff mm. than you do when you're teaching yeah. you know, a Bible class where it's really easy to represent Christ-like behavior. I'm not tempted to cuss. <laughs> ever, ever, of course. No, but you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, he said heck a lot, though, in the conversation. I don't know if you caught Well, you know. I hope you're going to edit that stuff out. <laughs> and with that said, I also am I'm excited. Actually, I'm kind of proud of Mike. Uh, he said the company was based in North Carolina, and when he got the job to go to uh, North Carolina to be the CEO, he moved the headquarters to San Antonio, Texas. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And, yeah, that. he's right near uh, you know, 281s. 1604 area and they're just great organization great people if you're interested check them out uh, but that was some good stuff we should also check out river city community church pastor sean river city community church sundays 9 30 11 30 we're continuing our series called the household of god uh, study of first timothy i encourage you we'd love to have you hey thanks for listening to the podcast it is wonderful to have you and we appreciate your prayers we appreciate you listening and hope you have an amazing week 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com